If you've been shopping, I see some of you nodding. Then you've probably been asked by an anxious but courteous person, what are you looking for? Can I help you find something? Can I help you find whatever you're looking for? Or my favorite, do you know what you're looking for? And then as you check out, did you find what you were looking for? In a strange sort of way, these are ultimately the questions of life. Whether we're looking for a lost sock, a special gift, or a lost dream, we're always looking for something. Something more, something else, something new, something better, something, anything. That's what we do. And these are also the questions of Advent. And today they are personified in the question of John. Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to look for someone else? The season of Advent is always for us a time of waiting. And yet, it's also a time of realizing that what was waited for and what is waited for is also what we hold on to. It's what we already have. Of course, John's question is surely deeper than looking for a lost sock or the newest iPhone. He's deeply concerned about something else, about that spiritual and possibly unrealized vision that was at the heart of the Hebrew people. Last Sunday, we read that he came storming out of the desert. But today, we read quite a lot later that he is in prison. And so he sends his disciples to ask Jesus, who was his cousin? Are you the one who is to come? Or are we to look for someone else? Is John not so sure anymore? Or has he become impatient? He had proclaimed that there would be one who would come after him, who would baptize with spirit and fire. But John doesn't seem so sure that what he sees is the Messiah that he was expecting. Was this the one that the people were waiting for? The one they had been expecting all these generations? What was John expecting? Was he expecting to see some vindication and instead he saw compassion? Was he expecting to see punishment for people who were sinning and instead he saw forgiveness? Was he expecting to see judgment and instead he saw mercy? And so John begs the question, is this the Messiah that fulfills the deepest longing of our hearts as a people? And it's our question. Is this the Messiah, the kind of Messiah that fulfills our hearts this Advent? Of course, Jesus doesn't answer John's disciples directly. He rarely does. But he echoes the prophetic vision of Isaiah in our first reading today. Weak knees will be made firm, feeble hands will be strengthened, 
the eyes of the blind opened, the ears of the deaf to hear. The lame will leap, the mute will speak, the lepers will be cleansed, and the poor will hear the good news, and even the dead will rise. And so Jesus turns the question back to John. If that's what you're looking for, then you have found him. And John and we might reply, well, that's great for all those folks, but what does this do for me? Maybe I should keep waiting and looking. Each of them and each of us must decide if this is the Messiah we are hoping for. And can we accept this kind of a Messiah who's done these remarkable things? After all, he would say, his works are his message. There and they are his identity. And he adds a caution, perhaps sensing our hesitancy. Blessed are those who take no offense at me. In other words, do not be surprised if this is not what you were expecting. And yet, he invites us to accept what we see and what we hear. And he tells them, the disciples, the Messiah is more than a reed swaying in the wind, as though it was some illusion that was here and then gone like the wind. And it's more than one who wears royal robes. They're found in palaces you won't find the Messiah in palaces with royal robes. No, the Messiah is the one foretold by all the great prophets, the one who speaks the word of God, who does the works of God. Surely that's what they were looking for. Surely that's what we're looking for. Oh, there were some who thought the Messiah would strike down their enemies including those Romans. Would he do that for them? He didn't seem that interested in striking down people. Surely that's not what we would hope God to do for us. Maybe some days we might ask, who's on our hit list? Would we get God to smite them? That's a great word from Leviticus. It sounds mean, smite them. And yes, there were some who were looking for a Messiah to make good on punishment of those they knew to be in sin. After all, they were the righteous. For there were those who surely knew who was in sin and who wasn't. Do you and I have a list of sinners we'd like God to punish? Does God know about this? And some We're looking for a Messiah to separate those who were unworthy from those who were blessed. Ostracizing groups like the Samaritans, the lepers, the lame, the poor. I mean, how could they possibly be saved? But these were the folks that Jesus specifically named as blessed and as recipients of God's love and God's compassion. This was no ordinary 
Messiah. This was the Messiah, the Son of the God that they had been waiting for. And so the question becomes even more incisive. Is this the one we're looking for? Is this the one that we can accept for who he is and what he does? Would it be better to wait from someone else? I don't think so. I suspect that each of us has said maybe more than once about something that has happened to us. This is not what I expected or wanted or was looking for. And then we sigh. But I guess it's what God wants. This kind of resignation is not helpful, nor is it healthy. And it can be a spiritual struggle to move into spiritual illumination, into kingdom thinking, and say, God knows what will make me holy, and I rejoice in what God has given to me. As we move closer to the Feast of Christmas, let the word and example of the Christ be what we truly seek, both in the Messiah and in ourselves. Let those remarkable gestures of love and compassion, inclusion and justice that mark the Messiah, the Jesus that John spoke to, let all that overwhelm us and allow us to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I don't have to wait for anyone else.